Brand for Fine Arts. I think today we're going to be talking about professional practice. Um, so the idea basically is that we're going to talk a little bit about, I guess, like myself and Anna's, I guess, like goals for the future. Mm, yeah. Um, and then possibly a little bit of, I, I use the word business um, very critically because um, <laughs> neither of us are neither of us have a business but um both of us have kind of like started to offer like commissioned work um and obviously it's just something that like I guess as you do over time you become more you just need the money yeah <laughs> like you, basically you just have to start thinking about it um yeah, yeah so I think we wanted to have a chat about that and possibly just a bit about work experience mm. so that's that's kind of the tone for this episode mm-hmm. yeah we're getting all professional we're getting yeah. all monetary Playing into those capitalism um, ideals. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so we thought we'd start off with a little bit of a kind of, just an overview. This will be very brief, um, but of yeah. mine and Izzy's kind of like goals and plans for the future. Because obviously we're both at uni now, so we're we're in that nice kind of student bubble where we're kind of just living off the student loan and we don't have to think about mm. making a living. But soon, <laughs> in like about a year's time, we will start have to, we will start having to think about that that was a difficult sentence for me to say for some reason um, <laughs> got there it's all right <laughs> right i made it um <laughs> so izzy would you like to go first i'll just jump in and quiz you um Ooh. what would you say your rough goals slash plans for the future are or do you not just not really know i mean which is also a valid option i definitely don't have a strong idea i get the impression that some people are very like i want to do this and i want to do that um, or even if you have a really strong idea of, you know, I am a metal worker, I am mm. a painter, like I'm definitely, I don't have strong feelings about anything, I'm just very wishy-washy. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the only things I have really thought about, I guess, is the environment that I'd like to work in. Ooh, I like that. So I'd quite, I don't do particularly well with people telling me what to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, not that anyone knows that. But, um, yeah, so I, I don't love the idea of working, working for someone. Um, mm. But equally, I actually really enjoy being given very, um, very mild kind of briefs or kind of ideas. Like I, I've always enjoyed it when someone comes to me and says, you know, I really like, um, I have this really strong idea of an image I want produced, like, can you produce it for me? I love stuff like that. I really like being told almost like the vision for the end and then they just let me get on with it and do my thing. Yeah. So I guess in terms of that, I would quite like to be a freelance artist. I think I'd quite enjoy that. But equally, I've also thought about possibly working in a company. So I quite like fabric design and I obviously design slash art the boundaries do blur but they are also a little bit different and I've always been very inclined towards design which is weird because I'm doing an art course but I do think that possibly for the future my goal or ideal situation would be somewhere where I have that social interaction I have people around me I have other creatives I can talk to and get ideas from I definitely wouldn't be kind of horrified by the idea of being given almost like briefs or topics or maybe things to work toward but equally I do want a bit of freedom as well quite a lot Mm. of freedom possibly um so yeah that's kind of what I'm thinking nothing concrete but those are my thoughts do you know like because a key part of 
my plan is like where I want to be, like geographically. Ooh. Do you know like where you might? Do you like? Do you want to hang around Cornwall or Falmouth for like? Or do you just really not care? You'll just go where the jobs are or kind of where, um, I don't know, where happens. <laughs> I haven't really thought too much about it in terms of art. But in terms of my life, I actually like can't see myself living in England. <gasps> Ooh, that's quite sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Oh, that's the same thing with my sister. She doesn't want to live. I do. I do get it. You know, it's not always yeah. the best place to be. But yeah, think... God, everyone's going to move abroad, and I'm just going to be like, come back. <laughs> I think possibly. I mean, England has like a lot of great opportunities, and particularly for art, it's a fantastic place to be. So I don't know mm. if I'd permanently leave, but I definitely can't see myself staying in England for the rest of my life. I 100% would want to spend at least a couple of years living in other countries. Mm. But I think. I guess more short-term future. I would quite like to stay in Falmouth. There are actually a lot of good opportunities here. It's a really yeah. creative place. Um, a lot of people my age, which is always quite nice. You feel a bit, I don't know, less alone, I guess, if there are other yeah. people in the same boat. I completely agree. It's a nice little kind of creative hub area. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me tell me about yours, because I didn't... I'm interested as to why, like, your geographical location has such an important, like, play in this. I think it only has an important factor because I have so little knowledge of kind of what I want to do that the only <laughs> the only small thing I do have then becomes very significant in the plan. Because your plan is very, like, you have quite a clear idea of even, like, even if it's not like, I'm going to get this job and do it at this time, like, you kind of know, like, your rough areas that you'd like to be in, whereas I kind of... I really don't. I think my um, ideal, at least at the moment, like literally just thinking kind of next year kind of terms, mm. um, I'd love to stay in Cornwall, like maybe not staying in Falmouth specifically, because um, obviously we will have been here for three years and I, you know, absolutely love Falmouth, but like it would be nice to kind of live somewhere else in Cornwall that's kind of a bit, I know it sounds stupid because obviously Falmouth is literally just a town, but like that's a little bit less built up. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be out in the countryside um, or just, I don't know, just live somewhere a bit different. But mm. also because obviously Cornwall is, you know, it's still a county. It's, it's not like if I had a job in Falmouth and I moved a bit further out, then I couldn't commute in or whatever. Um, but yeah, like I think realistically, I'm not going to like graduate and then, like I've probably said this before, I'm not going to graduate and then just become a full time artist and be able to support myself <laughs> off that. Like that's just not realistic. Like so many people, I'm going to have to kind of have some other job like yeah. a kind of nine to five and then hopefully kind of be able to work and make art on the side and then maybe like build that up over time or something mm. so I guess yeah ideally my very very rough plan is living somewhere in Cornwall working some kind of job probably I don't know like at a cafe or something or if I could if there was like an a kind of in quotation marks like arty job that came up as in like at a gallery or something like that would be amazing to have that as a kind of paid job and then also like working you know, at home on the side would be lovely. But yeah, I mean, it was interesting what you said about surface design, because that's something I completely forgot about that I was kind of not ever seriously interested in. But I do think that the kind of art I make sometimes can be quite like mm. surface designy in that yes. it's quite patterned and abstract and like flat and could be a surface. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a stupid thing to say. So like potentially if I did need to kind of direct that kind of down, like, I don't Mm, I don't have to phrase it like I get what you get mean. a more arty job yeah I think like picking up on that actually I think honestly what 
I guess like summing up how I feel towards like my future and my goals and that, I just want to be doing something creative. Like mm. as long as I have a steady income, um, I'm able to like, you know, obviously like hop off to different countries occasionally. As long as I'm happy and I'm doing something creative, like honestly, success. Like yeah. that is, that's my ultimate yeah. goal is I just want to be happy doing my job. Because I think that's an important thing about art and creative stuff is it is, it's interesting what you said like right at the beginning about this like, crossover between kind of art goals and life goals and Mm. I do think that perhaps even like perhaps more than more conventional careers where it's like here's I here's how I want to progress up the career ladder with art I feel like art and life are kind of a bit more intertwined and it's kind of like maybe this is just me I don't know maybe it's because I can't I can't envision exactly how it's going to go but like they're very (laughs) much crossed over and interlinked and I'm like as long as I'm kind of in some way creating and doing something that is fulfilling me and making me happy then that's kind of the main thing yeah obviously we seem to have like similar approaches in that sense like as long as we have something that can keep us like creative and keep I guess like I feel like if you're a creative person not just art if you're a creative person you have that part of your almost brain but like bigger than that like your personality that needs to be engaged with something yeah fun and like creative in whatever way you view creativity and I think as long as you can keep that going throughout your life like for me anyway to be very happy with what I was doing as long as I was doing something creative which is why like I said like I think I'd like to work for myself but equally I'd be open to working as part of a group or a company yeah because as long as, long as I was doing something I enjoyed which is hard to say because obviously you won't know if you enjoy it until you do it but yeah it's so kind of like situation specific and that I think with a lot of a lot of things in life like particularly jobs and stuff like that it depends who you're working with as well and yeah. like you were saying right right at the very start like the environment that you're working in is just so important um and I think again that's like a good thing about being in Cornwall is that there's such an arty kind of creative community that you can always Definitely. hopefully kind of keep connections with because I do think that's something I'm worried about is obviously in university you're so supported and you're like in this network that's kind of created specifically to support you and then you leave and you slowly kind of move away from that and it's like I really don't want to end up kind of isolated and um just in my own head (laughs) trying to make work like it's important that I kind of remember that I need to keep in contact with the outside arty world so yeah I think that's an important bit of it as well and I think actually that's part of the reason why things like work experience working collaboratively like taking part in I guess kind of events art-based events that are bigger than just yourself are so important because it kind of helps you keep that connection to a bigger art world because honestly I worry about the same thing like I particularly because obviously most of our university has been through the pandemic we haven't been able to form new connections with other students which means that like I have my very small group of friends who I made in first year but I haven't had the opportunity to really connect with other people so part like like I said like I'm the same part of me worries that we'll graduate and I'll slowly like drift from those really strong creative ties and kind of yeah Mm. become a bit isolated yeah I think the pandemic's played a like an interesting role in that in that some ways it's kind of like strengthened the smaller number of connections that we do have because you have to be very intentional with it all of a sudden rather than kind of yeah it's definitely changed the social experience obviously of university and that yeah it's kind of cut off making new ties but then you've had to be very kind of intentional about the ties that you do have and like maintaining those and or like even kind of just general opportunities you really have to quite 
intentionally put yourself out there for something rather than just kind of drifting into it like walking to a lecture seeing what it's like you've got to kind of email people and sign up for things yeah if, if that makes any sense but yeah I mean, I don't know the the next se- uh, segment of this episode. I was trying to like work out a segue into this, like if we can kind of. Um, I was like, are we in the are we in the realm of giving tips yet? I don't know. <laughs> but um, basically, the next the next segment that we were going to plan to do is that kind of the the more technical side of things of, yeah. of like setting up a business or kind of doing doing commissions and like all that good stuff Ooh, um, the fun and stuff. so <laughs> for this bit this is an interesting change in dynamic because normally we've done it quite equally like where we've both kind of said like here's how I feel about this and then mm. here's how I feel about this but this one I think Izzy is probably a better um what's the word like a better voice of advice <laughs> um than me <laughs> I've not really done many commissions or anything like that um whereas Izzy has a cracking art Instagram account where you're doing loads of commissions <laughs> and things like that so um yeah i was gonna do a little just gonna do a little q a basically where i ask izzy everything i've ever wanted to know <laughs> oh god i feel like my answers need like a warning beforehand like <laughs> i do not know what i'm doing that much i mean yeah do you want to firstly just say kind of like give a rough outline of yeah the i mean is is me calling it a business putting too much pressure on it or would you say that it's a business Oh, I mean, it is definitely not a business, but okay. I mean, you can call it that if you want. <laughs> All right. I mean, yeah. Do you want to give an overview of the business or whatever we're calling it? <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, if you've looked at my Instagram, you'll probably notice that there's a lot of animal portraits on there. Um, so before I started university, I was actually, I think I was working about three different jobs. I was working in Tesco's. I was working in New Look. And on the side, I was also offering like commission pet portrait work. So I've always been really interested in like realism, particularly like photorealism. And I guess like I, I love animals. Like I'm sure this has come across in my work before, but I'm very animal orientated. And I think I'm trying to think how it started. Um, this was a good few years ago, actually. Mm. While I'm talking about it, I'm going to get my Instagram up and I can find out the first time I got a commission. So I'm going to have a look Ooh, at that now. Exciting. We can do some live research. <laughs> live research, basically. But um, yeah, so basically, I think it started with, I was just, as artists do, you just get bored sometimes and think like, I need to do something creative. I'm also quite into photography and I had taken a picture of my auntie's dog. He's a Springer Spaniel. And it was a lovely, really like lovely picture actually. Um, And I thought, hey, I'm going to draw that. So um, I did that. This is, let's see, January 2018. That was when I did that. And I posted a half finished picture. Actually, it's not even half finished. It's like a quarter finished of course, a finished picture on my Instagram and I got a message from someone from California and they basically said, we saw your piece. We really like it. Could you draw a portrait of our dog? That's very um, exciting. And I, in my head, I was like, oh my God, this is a scam. Like I'm going to have to like <laughs> send them this and they're never going to pay me and it's terrifying. But no, they were really, really lovely people Aww. and they have a very cute dog I have to say they wanted him with like a little bow tie very very cute so I did that that was also beginning of 2018 um sent that off to them posted like on my Instagram and I think just like my own Facebook account that I had been asked to do a commission for someone in California and 
it literally blew up. Like, I honestly have no idea what happened. But suddenly I had a waiting list of about 20 people. Mostly, it was mostly my mum's friends. So my mum is a dog trainer. Um, oh, I see. So You've got connections. All, yeah, all our kind of family friends, all very animal orientated. So it just seemed to be really successful. And then since then, I've just been doing pet portraits kind of whenever I have the chance. I really don't do a lot because they take me a long time. And it also drives me slightly insane, admittedly. Mm. Um, but I do love the opportunity. And it has really helped my artistic abilities like I've learned a lot from doing it um mm. so that's kind of how it started and that's kind of what it is I guess yeah that's I mean because you said at the end there like it drives you a bit mad mm. <laughs> <laughs> would you I mean just linking it back to like the first section would you ever continue doing that like as anything anywhere near full-time or like as just something to kind of keep the money flowing in or do you literally just hate doing it and wouldn't ever want to do it again <laughs> I have an exceptionally love-hate relationship with it. So in the beginning, I was doing... Obviously, they're realistic. And I was doing it in coloured pencil, which Mm. is so time-consuming. I then... One of my friends called Seren, her dog actually passed away a few years ago. And I know how special that dog was. And she reached out to me and asked if I'd be willing to do a portrait of him. But at the time, I was... I was really busy. I didn't have the time to do it, but equally I wanted to. So we kind of came to a compromise that I'd actually do most of it in watercolour and then put pencil over the top. And it kind of, like I said, it really taught me a lot because I figured out that actually this was quicker and it was more enjoyable for me if I did Uh, kind of the base layers in watercolour and added like the details in pencil, it still looked realistic, but it saved me a lot of time. So then I started offering that. Mm. And then I decided that I was going to do a portrait of my own dog, who unfortunately, he actually died just before Christmas. But um, I had some oil paints that I'd never used before. I was like, right, it's time It's time to experiment. Oh, I remember that painting. Oh, that was yeah. such a nice painting. So I did a painting in oil paints, and I loved it. Like it's oh. one of it's probably the fav- my favorite drawing slash painting I've ever done. I need to get it framed actually. Mm. But that again was it wasn't this well actually no it was quicker. But obviously oil as a lot of you probably listening know oil paints are a bit difficult. Drying times are really long. It's a fiddly process. So it is a time consuming process. But it didn't take over my life when I was doing <laughs> it, um, which is what happens with coloured pencil. So again, I found that actually that was a quicker and more enjoyable way of me offering that service. Mm. Um, But I understand that not everyone wants oil paints, just like not everyone wants watercolour and pencil. Some people want a pencil drawing of their animal. So I do still offer all of them, but I do try to steer people in the direction of an oil paint or a watercolour and pencil drawing because it's easier for me and it means I can offer it at a better price. But yeah, I think in terms of like carrying it on in the future, I don't think I'd want it to be my main practice, Mm. but I can't see myself stopping either. I think it's something that will continue to be a kind of side job, I guess. Mm -hmm. I think I usually complete maybe three portraits a year like I really don't do a lot obviously at the moment uni and everything that number has dropped even more (laughs) if I was kind of out in the real world um I imagine I'd still continue doing it but I don't think I'd ever let it 
become my main practice, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's quite a nice place to be, though. I think having a bit of um, variety in your income and also just how you spend your time is always, like, in my my opinion, always a good thing. Like, it kind of keeps you balanced, keeps you on your toes. But, I mean... What I'm interested in also in like the nitty gritty of this all, and um, <laughs> like because you mentioned getting things framed, because I literally don't think I've ever got any of my own work framed. I also someone asked me for a commission, and I was like, oh god, I don't know how to buy things. <laughs> so like, what what do you have any like go to formulas or kind of like way of pricing things or like somewhere that you go to get things framed, or do you just kind of play it by ear <laughs> um it's a lot of playing it by ear i guess in terms of pricing i, I just remembered give... also that when i got asked about the pricing i literally messaged you like yeah. help. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to interrupt i just remember that you did know that <laughs> <laughs> oh god i do remember that that was funny um, yeah so like pricing wise i can i can offer a little bit of advice it's really not that solid but any advice i'll take Obviously, if you're starting out new, you start with like a lower price. And then as your client kind of builds up, you can then start to like increase your price until you find something that you think fits. Mm. But as to whether you ever find that price that fits, I don't know, because I I haven't reached (laughs) and I've been doing this for years. I still, every single time I get a commission, the first thing I think about is like, oh crap, I've got to price this. Like, it's horrible. It's not fun, but... I think it helped with having like a rough time of how long it takes you like a with with the help of my dad actually I did manage to figure out roughly how long one A4 colored pencil dog drawing or cat drawing so that's what I usually do um yeah how long it takes me and how then, long is that roughly um usually it would be somewhere like 10 hours um right. But obviously that will be spread across like a month or two um, because it's just so, I feel like it just like sucks the soul out of you like onto the page because it's so technical and yeah. very intense. Um, so I have to take quite a lot of breaks. But with that, I think if you can get a rough idea of how long it takes you and understand what minimum wage is, but also I think you need to recognise that the work you're doing it's a specialist skill. It's not minimum wage work. You're offering a luxury item to someone. So I think it's, yeah, just adjusting it like that and going, you know, this takes me roughly 10 hours and I'm charging £7. Is that reasonable for what I'm selling? Or mm. is actually that not quite enough? Um, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And sort of adjusting it like that. That's kind of how I started. And obviously, then when I, like I said, when I started um, offering kind of different options for materials you then got to consider which material is more expensive so obviously oil paints are costly they really Mm -hmm. do cost a lot so obviously you've got to take that into account when you're selling a piece and the other thing which I know is probably not overly professional but I happen to know for a fact that a lot of professionals do this it's actually how nice the client is um (laughs) (laughs) that's interesting so I've had some people that have been not nasty at all. I'm very lucky. I've never had a nasty customer, but they've just been quite blunt. They just make assumptions. They kind of have treated me almost like you would like a member of retail kind of going in and being like, sell me this now. When actually art is a lot more complex than that. It takes a lot of time and there has to be a conversation around the piece that's wanted. It's not as simple as mass producing 
the perfect image. And I've had a few people, like obviously I've had some friends commission me for work. I try to give them a much cheaper price because I just appreciate that they're trying to support my business, even though they're also unemployed students. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, like I've had a couple of people who, I actually had one lady called Becca who was just lovely. She commissioned the biggest thing I've ever done. It was like a huge piece of paper and it had four portraits on it, all in I coloured pencil. I remember that one as well on your Instagram. Yeah, mm. so she was the second person to ever commission me something, and she commissioned that, which is so much trust to put in me. And I think just for the fact that she believed in me that much and was willing to spend that money, again, mm. I gave her a really, really discounted price because I was just so appreciative. Yeah. But also, you do have to be careful with that because you do need to make money at the end of the day. And I think... Definitely towards the beginning, I was a bit too lenient with my prices. I was just so almost like um, in awe that people wanted my work. But I was like, yeah, take it, take it. Yeah, I think that's only natural though. Like there is an inclination just to be like, oh my God, people are going to pay me. And also you don't, you're like, oh, it's okay. I'm not worth that much. It's fine. Give me whatever you like. And then, yeah, it's 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 a process to kind of build up that belief in yourself. And It's definitely yeah. a process, yeah. And I think, honestly, I don't even know if don't know if that process like ever ends I don't know if Mm. even when you're like in your 40s and a professional well-established artist like do you still question Mm. like what you're selling your work for yeah I don't know actually because like maybe by that point it's just become so like formulaic and kind of like bish bash bosh this is how much I'm selling this for I don't know I'm I'm just so far from that point I just can't imagine it (laughs) so basically I mean also yeah what about framing like do you have anywhere do you sell pieces framed or do you are you only getting like your own framed for your own kind of house so with the portrait of my dog obviously I want to get that framed because a I love it it's a nice piece but also like I said we lost my dog not that long ago and it would be nice obviously he was part of our lives for nearly 10 years we kind of wanted something up of him to remember him by Mm. um but usually I hate my art with a passion and I never want to put it up so (laughs) um um Sometimes so you've not done I, very much framing. <laughs> no, I have not. Um, the one thing I have found actually is some some of the portraits I do, not the painted ones, this is um, for anything that's on paper. Um, I actually go on Etsy and get frames from Etsy oh. because you can get frames that come with mounts, which just saves, at least for me and the people, obviously I've done it for. We both agreed that actually it was less hassle than going to get it framed at a framers. It was just easier to do it that way. And because I don't sell these pieces religiously, like I'm not constantly doing it. I personally, I don't, I think for me, investing in bulk amounts of things is actually too risky because I'm just not doing it enough. So Mm. I found that for me, yeah, going on Etsy and just getting frames and mounts works quite well. So I always offer it to the people who ask me to do things I kind of say like you know I can get this frame for you if you want it will be an extra xyz um -hmm. some people agree to it some people don't the other thing I found is I'm very lucky that my work should hopefully be going up in a local shop soon um so I've framed the pieces for them because obviously it makes it look more professional and they can't hang up your work unless it's framed so I've kind of done that I'll have to see how that goes again like this is that side of things is quite new for me because I produce commissioned pieces. So producing work 
that hasn't been commissioned but I'm aiming to sell is quite new territory so I'm just gonna have to yeah. see how that goes <laughs> yeah you've got to, like commission yourself and be like what kind of things are is this miscellaneous audience going to want <laughs> exactly this... yeah that's exciting though is it kind of is there a date for that or are you just waiting like is the shop shut at the moment and you're waiting for it to open again um... or is it just kind of in the works kind of thing yeah it's just kind of in the works the shop is open it's a greengrocer's so luckily oh, okay a central shop yeah, yeah they've kind of always been open but obviously it's a it's a small local like family-run business they've had my work for a while just kind of like in the frames i think it's in their storeroom or something oh um, right yeah and i guess like just when they have the opportunity it will go up but again oh, nice. like it's something that is a very much do it and see <laughs> yeah yeah that's it's um yeah i mean i'm curious to see how that'll go for you it's very yeah. exciting i need to pop down and <laughs> Generally, just visit your house <laughs> and, um, yeah, come and see the greengrocers. Absolutely. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that would be good to know while we're on this segment, because I know we've got a third segment planned. Is there anything else that you'd like to share? Any advice you have? Like, or that, like, maybe would have been helpful to know, like, when you were just starting out? Um, trying to think. I think the only thing that I really wish I had considered more before starting commissions was... Possibly the material, like the quality of the material I was using, because I used to use just very basic paper, not printer paper. I, I was never that. <laughs> I was never that psychotic. I never did that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I had like a sketch pad and I just do it in the sketch pad, rip, obviously rip it out and then trim the top off. Yeah. And I think actually it's so, it sounds so ridiculous, but the paper you use has such a big impact on the outcome of the final piece. And it took me a really long time to realise that. So I guess that's something I wish I'd maybe just kept in mind when I was doing things. Like I look back yeah. at some of my work and I don't regret anything I've done because I'm proud of myself for doing it. Oh, that's but awesome. also I do look at some of it and I can now see, that, I mean, obviously like I'm, I'm a good few years older now. I can look at it and be like, oh yeah, like I, that wasn't quite right or like oh yeah I should have used different paper because it would have looked better with the colour mm. and oh maybe I should have like offered offered to get it framed for them or that kind of those sort of things but again honestly that's that is only something that comes with practice so yeah. I can't really beat myself up about it no no but it's like yeah it's good it's good advice and I guess there's just so many like details especially when you're starting out on something and it's quite kind of like it's a lot. You've got yeah. a lot to wrap your head around. <laughs> and then, yeah, stuff like the specific GSM of the paper or whatever yeah. kind of can just very easily slip by the wayside until you've, you're have you a few commissions in and you're trying to... Yeah, exactly. And you're like, you're yeah, you're a bit more settled and you're reflecting on your process and you're like, huh, I could use some different paper. And then, yeah. Um, yeah so I guess you're never going to like, yeah, hit the ground running like with everything perfect. Um, so exactly. to be fair, if your only regret or not even regret, but you know, your only point is that you wish you'd use different paper then I'd say you did a pretty good job like, <laughs> that's that's pretty good going thank you thank you so, so yeah yeah congratulations well done <laughs> thank you very kind very kind and yeah like an, another little plug for Izzy's Instagram if anyone does want to go and look at it, it it's always we've linked both of our Instagrams in the podcast description now we, we figured out how to do that um, but yeah it's Izzy Fine Art isn't it it is yeah yeah so yeah. would recommend it's a mm, good it's a you. good um, page <laughs> Have a little stalk on the regular. It's also got some good fan with um, content now. I like that one you've yeah. got with like the boat on the wood by the by the sea. Like yeah, that. that was a really popular one. That seemed to do really well for some mm, reason. I mean, to be fair, one. it was it's a lovely picture, but also that was 
taken when it was like minus degrees and I <laughs> honest kid you not thought I was gonna get frostbite from taking that photo <laughs> it was like by the water I had bitter bitter wind like going up my coat sleeve yeah. I was like quick get Ugh. the picture run <laughs> yeah god oh I can very vividly picture that you could also maybe start doing commissions on wood <laughs> I, I could think that would, I, I think that yeah but yeah so I mean the next and probably final section of this episode mm-hmm. we were going to do is a bit more um kind of we were trying to work out how to sum up this bit and we were yeah. just we just ended up with professional practice which is kind of already <laughs> what the, ep- the episode is but we we're just going to talk a bit about what oh god I just kicked my desk and nice. that's probably going to be in the audio <laughs> I can't edit that out because I'm talking oh well um <laughs> that's really made me lose my train of thought um yeah we we're going to talk about what kind of we're both doing at the moment like in uni mm. like what kind of things we can like what kind of opportunities we're trying to get involved with and just like ways of setting ourselves up for like the wider art world once we're released absolutely i guess kind of work experience but also not work yeah. experience i guess just life it's as close to work experiences yeah as close to work experiences you can get in the kind of arts you yeah. know like where it's not quite as clear cut as you will be hired as an artist <laughs> yeah just gathering general experience on yeah. art areas exactly. <laughs> yeah um so i guess what a key point or a key thing that we're both doing that we i don't know we definitely knew each other before this but i do think this kind of like this helps solidify our friendship oh. in a way is we're both involved with the tate and ives they have this program called Tate Collector Producers, which runs at all the Tate Galleries, so the ones in London and the Liverpool one as well. But yeah, it's essentially just a group of, I forget if it's, I think it's 16 to 25 year olds. Yeah. Just people who are interested in art in that age range. And we get together on, at the moment, it's every other week we get together um, and we kind of, I always struggle to know how to summarise what it is that we do. We just kind of do (laughs) arty things, talk about arty things. And then at the end of like, we'll have like a series of maybe... I don't know, like eight, ten weeks, and then we'll have like an event or something like that that we've organised, or like something that we release as content. Yeah, because I think usually, obviously, ignoring the pandemic, um, usually, <laughs> I think the isn't the idea that like they hold events like twice a year, mm-hmm. and then like we are the people that basically design and like put these events into place. Yeah, but obviously, I think so. pandemic wise, like that has very much changed Um, yeah i mean izzy and i we got into this uh program pre-covid but then the event that we were leading up towards got cancelled because of covid and then we've done it online ever since so we kind of don't quite know how it normally would work yeah Um, but we've been doing it over a year now yeah over a year wow god time flies i know Um, and we've had some pretty cool opportunities haven't we yeah there have been some really really good opportunities and actually i'm really I'm really, really surprised that not more people from university attend yeah. the Tate Collective Producers. It it's is completely free. Such a <laughs> good sign opportunity. Up. Although, I don't know if there's like a certain, like I think it's maybe limited in numbers and maybe potentially there could be a waiting list, to be fair. Possibly. And it's like maybe we've got our foot in the door and so we, unless we leave, then we're going to keep getting added to it, maybe. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. But it's, yeah, so it's just a free sign-up thing. It honestly baffles me, because, I mean, at the end of the day, you can come away from this and say that you have spent the last year working in partnership with the Tate. And, I mean, yeah. for an art student, that is... That's, like... You have peaked if you can say that. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a big name to kind of be able to whack around. Exactly. And, like, name drop. And, like, we get, obviously, the, the weekly or bi-weekly calls that we do 
aren't paid or anything like that but we do get paid opportunities that come out of yeah. it so the first one that Izzy and I did we did um, an Instagram <laughs> takeover for the Tate um, Instagram which was hilarious like the stress <laughs> that we went through like I've never had such appreciation for like influencers and people who make Instagram stories like on the daily because oh my god the planning we went through and like we it was intense <laughs> we'd like logged into the Tate Instagram on Izzy's phone and we were like shitting ourselves that we were gonna press something or like post something that we weren't supposed to we were just kind of like screaming the whole time it was so funny oh god but also really good experience great experience but like genuine fear like genuine fear i'm not even making that up honestly when it came to us posting the first story (laughs) we had like planned it all beforehand obviously a lot goes into this um everything had to be signed off on from the heads in london um, it was all very, very professional, but that's mm. kind of what made it terrifying because we got this story up, ready to click post, and just the number of times we had to stop and be like, wait, 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 check the spelling. Right. Is this right? Is, it, yeah. is everything okay? Like, check it again, check it again. And then we'd post it and immediately go and check it and make sure that we hadn't messed up somehow. And Yeah, oh my oh goodness. It was, it was so stressful. It was so stressful, but it was such a great opportunity as well yeah and we had to like record a little video for ourselves like introing it and doing the outro and like oh my god we did it so many times and we finally got one that we liked and then we took it to the london people and they were like oh can you just change the phrasing of this bit and we were like yeah that's absolutely fine (laughs) even though we then had to refilm it like with uh, i don't know like five minutes to spare and we were literally like Tape. we didn't have a tripod for some reason we didn't think to ask Izzy's flatmates we just taped her phone to the wall or like balanced it on like a roll of like paper or something and obviously it fell off like nine times out of ten. Oh my god and there was no professional <laughs> there was one time as well we had we by this point we'd probably spent about 20 25 minutes trying to record this one one 30 second video yeah and we finally managed to get it mostly okay like it started well we were like oh yeah things are going well and then our fire alarm went off <laughs> oh god yeah it just wasn't happening for us it was not oh dear oh dear but yeah anyway so day collection oh. producers it's something that we're doing which is a good thing that you can kind of whack on the cv if you're applying for kind of gallery art related jobs yeah. that kind of thing and yeah just a good connection to have like the people you meet and the kind of the world that you're you're in <laughs> when you're connected is, is a good thing to have and I think it's something that actually has been quite beneficial certainly with me and I'm pretty sure it's the same for you it's been quite beneficial in like almost like helping me learn about the different roles involved within a gallery or an mm. exhibition or you know as an artist there's actually there are so many things you can do to get into the creative fields. I mean, obviously us doing the Instagram story, we've hosted um, interviews with different artists, we've run workshops, um, we've helped set up exhibitions. There's so much that I just wouldn't have known about if I hadn't have been a part of the group because, I mean, how do you learn about all the roles that go into like making an exhibition? Yeah, I think... Yeah, and I guess it's interesting that we've got onto like exhibitions because that's an- that's another thing that I think is important that you learn going through uni is kind of how to put on an exhibition because obviously that's such a big part of being an artist and kind of having that um, professional outreach. Like if you are an artist, you'll kind of 
you might spend your days in the studio, but that's probably not where you're going to make money or kind of make connections or like yeah. solidify your work. Like it's really about how you're putting it out there. So, I mean, again, COVID has had a part to play in this because we didn't get to exhibit anything at the end of first year, nor did we get to see a degree show. But to be fair, I appreciate that in the grand scheme of things, that's not the worst place. Like at least we weren't the third years who didn't get a degree show, you know, like we just yeah. didn't get to see one. And so currently right now, by the time this has been released, this will have happened. But as we're recording this, um, it's next week. We have a second year kind of online arts festival that we've been working towards since Christmas. Is that right? Yeah, since we kind of much. came back, really. Yeah, isn't since it? January. So yeah, that's been a whole, whole professional thing. practice <laughs> thing. Um, where yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's not going to be a physical exhibition. So I still don't really know how to put a physical exhibition on, but I'm hoping. I'll learn <laughs> maybe this time next year for the degree show. Um, but certainly like for online stuff, there's still so much you've got to organise. Like it's been interesting kind of trying to coordinate a whole year group into yes. a, one thing. So basically a year group, which is, I want to say like maybe 70, 80 people. Yeah, probably. It's been split into about eight groups and then each group is putting on a little exhibition and then it's all being kind of linked together and there's events going on and like, oh my gosh, there's so much going on. There's a lot. <laughs> um, so that's been interesting. I mean, Izzy, I know you've you've been doing like a magazine for your group, yeah. which I guess is a good like skill to learn. Yeah, actually, I was really surprised at how, I think I surprised myself on multiple ways. I was surprised at how quickly I picked it up because I'm the least, um, I just cannot use technology. I'm just, it does not come naturally to me. So I was surprised at how quickly I picked it up. But actually, I think I was surprised at how creative it was. Like you really mm. can... Um, obviously I've been using InDesign to make the magazine and you really can be creative with it like I was genuinely surprised so I had to make a magazine of all the all the people in my group um, all of their work so I think it's got has like obviously front cover back cover like an introductory page or two um, and then everyone has a double page spread so it's probably about 20 pages long Jesus. and it's been really fun like looking at layouts and like the best ways to almost like present yourself in a digital way but yeah again I think this isn't something I ever would have learned how to do if I hadn't have taken on the role within this group yeah it's like the start of your blossoming graphics career (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe not Um, (laughs) but yeah I think like you said there's definitely the pandemic has caused a lot of issues but equally it has exposed us to new things as well and I think this is one of them I can't imagine I ever would have learned how to do this if I hadn't have needed to display work in a digital way so yeah that's so true and I think a lot of it's hard to know how to kind of prep yourself for the art world in that so many it's just a random accumulation of skills (laughs) generally speaking like how to make a magazine or even like with this like how to edit a podcast you wouldn't like it's not going to directly feed into my practice now but like it might come in in the future or it might be a helpful kind of like professional practice opportunity that like a gallery needs somebody to edit things or like you know make a magazine you don't you just really don't know what is going to come in useful and also you're kind of directing your own path with what skills you're learning as in you know like you might start editing a magazine now and then be like oh my god I actually love this and then like a couple years down the line you're kind of that's how you're making your work or like you've got a little Mm. job doing that or like I don't know it's it's um it's hard to directly prep yourself for an art job because you really could be doing such a diverse field of kind of skills that you could have I'm trying to think what other things we've got going on that is a 
a professional practice kind of tip. I mean, I know I um, I volunteer at Newlin Art Gallery as well. Um, obviously, it's shut at the moment in in the pandemic. But again, like that's something that pretty much anyone can sign up for. Like I didn't have to go through um, like an interview process or anything. <laughs> like it was literally. I think they just sent a call out to the uni, um, just like we need volunteers, and I was like, sick, I'm free Saturdays. Um, and so yeah, I, and that's again another good thing, just to kind of be in the building, like have those connections. Like I wouldn't say I'm. Because I'm just on the till, like I'm not doing anything explicitly, maybe as arty as like the Tate yeah. in our sessions, but like it's still good to just, like this is bad, but I hadn't even, like, I'd never been, I didn't even know about the gallery before. Yeah. And actually it's one of the bigger ones in Cornwall. So I don't really know how I'd manage that. But um, yeah, like it's just kind of getting, it's a weird phrase, but getting, is, and also is this right? Like getting your fingers into many pies. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the phrase? If that's not the phrase, I've just made something very weird up. I think I've there's definitely a phrase like that, but I've maybe ruined it a bit. Yeah, there is something to do with like sticking your fingers in pipe, but also the way you said that was really funny. It's one of those things where like those kind of phrases you need to be able to just sort of use them casually and then just carry on with your sentence. You don't need to put so much (laughs) emphasis on it because then it falls apart. Anyway, um, well, that's definitely going to be staying in this episode. We're not getting rid of that. (laughs) Yeah, you just got to like put yourself out there, I guess, and kind of stick your fingers in many pies. Is what you've got to do. Stick your fingers in the pies. We should title the episode that, and just hoover up the opportunities that come your way. Or the the like the motto of my secondary school was like grab every opportunity, which is annoying because it's one of those things that was like drilled into me every day and I therefore want to rebel against. But also it does also make sense, like really just grab things that come your way if and when you can. Definitely. And I think a lot of the time, kind of like you mentioned, you don't know what that will then lead you to. Mm. Like I know this is very off topic, but when I was in college, I did work experience because I didn't do A-levels, I did a B-tech. Work experience was, I had to do it pass um (laughs) it was mandatory we had to do like a certain number of hours each year so I did work experience in a fashion company so I think they're like the leading manufacturer in the UK of stretch fabrics so they make outfits for things like gymnastics outfits cheerleading um all the stretchy materials um (laughs) so that's kind of what they do and I did some work experience with them it was I learned a lot because obviously I'm not a fashion student. It was really, really interesting. They were a great group of people as well. And I obviously, you know, finished my work experience. That was that. And then a year later, um, I actually got an email from them and said, like, we're actually really desperate to hire people. You've done previous work experience with us. Like, we know you're not a fashion student, but we need someone and we know you. Can you come back and take on a full-time job? I couldn't because I actually was in New Zealand, but... (laughs) (laughs) Just that small flaw. Just that small issue, you know, other side (laughs) of the world. But something like that, you just, you don't know what the opportunity is going to kind of open up for you. So I do, I get what you mean. Like, realistically, you can't take on every opportunity you're given. Like, you just can't. It's not possible. But also sometimes it can be really beneficial taking on opportunities that I don't know maybe you're not quite interested in or like maybe you kind of you're like ah I don't really know how relevant that will be because honestly it could open up something really really important yeah it's kind of like almost every every little helps like you've just gotta (laughs) (laughs) I'm just coming out with all the weird phrases today or like that's a supermarket slogan, isn't it? Everyone it is. Yes. Tesco. Right, so today we're sponsored by Tesco. We also mentioned Tesco earlier when you said you worked for them. Anyway, sorry. 
big old sidetrack. Um, <laughs> oh, um, yeah, like kind of even just the sm- small little things, like sometimes you'll see on Instagram, there's new kind of, especially I think in the kind of realm of community, there's often like um, different collectives and kind of magazines and like, I don't yeah, really know what the like... umbrella term for it is, but things, kind of groups coming up on Instagram where they're like, we're looking for somebody, you know, like open calls and yeah. kind of we're looking for somebody to do an Instagram takeover or like just tiny, tiny little things, just kind of making new connections. It's kind of like networking, which I kind of hate because that's a very like... That's a very I like don't know, that's, business it's, professional Yeah, it's like cold. you're monetizing yeah. social, socialising, which is kind of weird. Like it's a weird way of thinking about it. But yeah, just like... Just meeting new people, kind of getting yourself out there. I guess it's all I'm trying to do right now. I mean, I don't know how this is going to go for me, so maybe this is rubbish advice, but <laughs> this is what I'm doing currently. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, anything else we wanted to cover? <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, say the same thing. Like, any, any last points? Any last words? Any last words? I can't. I mean, obviously, I guess we haven't really spoken much about our individual work experience opportunities, like what we yeah, have done. But I think possibly that could be something we do maybe in another episode. Mm-hmm. We could always yeah. talk about, like, how to find work experience opportunities. Maybe yeah. we should do an episode on, like, CVs. Oh, God, yeah. giving me flashbacks, but also it would be quite helpful. Yeah, well, yeah we'll have to space this out a bit. Like, give yeah. us a couple of episodes, give, fun <laughs> episodes for a like, cover, a break. <laughs> and then we'll do something helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that case, I feel like this is a natural natural closing point for this episode mm-hmm. yeah i would agree um i'm i'm having that feeling that i know the second we like say bye i'm gonna think of something like vitally important oh, but yeah. it's okay 100%. i'll say it, i'll say it in future um yeah cool well i mean hopefully that was helpful for people listening hopefully. um or maybe not, relatable even if it wasn't useful you did get to hear anna talk about putting her fingers in pies which <laughs> in a very weird way as well we're gonna have to look up what that phrase was <laughs> Uh, yeah that's true that's true and also if you have any advice for us please do get in contact <laughs> please yeah, let absolutely. us know where we're going wrong if we're going wrong um, but cool I mean well done for making it to this point in the podcast yeah, if you are still listening I don't know what I'm saying if like people Hopefully. listening will still be listening if they can hear me anyway right yeah we okay, well, on that note. Rambling. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks for listening um, and we'll see you in a couple of, or you'll hear us in a couple of weeks awesome thank you bye, bye. <laughs>